Hello, hi, listeners. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you are listening and wherever you are listening this from, today we have kind of a weird, strange topic. For those which are not so familiar with Christians, they may not understand how God can speak to us in dreams. God is a spiritual being; He's not a physical being right now, so He cannot communicate with us in a physical way. He will communicate with us through spiritual ways, and other than through people, through our Bible readings, through our situation and circumstances, one of the ways that God can speak to us is through dreams. So today, I felt led by God to share with you a warning dream that I received. You know, sometimes you get this very vivid dream that is almost like a nightmare, but yet there is a message, there is a really peculiar, strong, spiritual, significant message that is very meaningful, and you know that it's not something that you could have imagined it yourself because it gives you revelations, it gives you knowledge. And open up your eyes to some kind of information or knowledge that you have not seen it before. So the secular psychologists will tell you how dreams、uh, can unleash your creativity or give you some innovative solutions. Do not think that oh God is unable to talk to me in my dreams. God is able to speak to you in any creative ways that He wants to. Do not limit God. So when I first received this dream, it's different from your usual dreaming. It's full of information and revelatory warning and knowledge that would benefit the body of Christ if they know about it. And at first, I didn't really want to share about my dream because it seems such an absurd thing to do to people who are not familiar. But I assure you. In the Christian community, there is a whole group of prophets who receive dreams, visions from God, and this is common. We are spiritual being. We comprise of an identity, a soul, a spirit, not just a physical body. And God is a spiritual being. That's why our spirit man and God can connect. And another reason why I didn't really want to share the dream because it's not very nice. It's more of like a nightmare and a warning. But I felt it so strongly that God wants me to share it. For some reason, there must be some listeners of this podcast channel that God wants you to hear and to be aware of this warning, because He doesn't want you to fall into this trap. And he wants you to break free and to be free of this trap. So it started when I read a news report, some news article feature about a criminal syndicate, and this happened in real life. Like I read about the news where they reported on a criminal syndicate that was very widespread and very well organized in East Asia, where these gangsters, this criminal syndicate. They run a very well-versed and thorough operation to run scams, 
And these scams ranges from your phone scams, your internet scams, your financial scams or love relationship scams, sex scams. In fact, it was so prevalent in China that they had a name for it. It's called Sha Zhu Pan in Chinese. If you don't believe me, you can go and do a Google search on the love scams, the phone scams in East Asia, and you'll be able to find some news reports on it. And the meaning of that literally is translated as a killing place for the pigs. The gangsters refer to their victims of the scams as pigs. This is a degradatory term that the criminals refer their victims to be as stupid as pigs, and the killing place where they fatten the pigs for their slaughter. And it refers to the way that those scammers would befriend their victims and build them up, or brainwash them, or manipulate them, and let them to part with their money or with their information or sex, and that's what they call by killing the pigs. And it's quite insidious as how they will teach their scammers how to win the trust of the victims. Apparently, it is infamous in China, but not really known on an international scale. And part of their modus operandi, their MO, is to win the trust of the victims by getting information about you, and then using the information to pretend to befriend you and to win your trust. So if they know that you're a Christian, they will say things that they think a Christian will like to hear. Very manipulative. In any case, that was the setting. Something in real life that I read, and a few days after that, I received a dream. In my dream, there was a woman, and she is either a non-Christian. Or she's a nominal Christian. That means someone who knows about God but is not that committed to God. This woman, she has a bad relationship with her husband. So in your circumstances, it could be someone like who has a genuine problem with people in his family or his friends that created that vulnerable position. And that's where Satan, or he sent his demons to take advantage of the opportunity, of the place of weakness, and the devil enticed the woman to commit adultery. I saw that the woman wasn't even that attracted to the person that she has committed adultery with. The person was just like a passerby. I think it signifies that the woman originally had very little attraction for whoever she committed adultery with. It was just a trap and a snare and an enticement set by the devil on her to commit the first mistake. And because of that first mistake, in a moment of weakness, that the woman or the man is not aware of this plan of Satan. Thought that it's a harmless thing, it's a once-off. It's bad, but it's not that bad. It doesn't have much consequences. 
So as a result of committing adultery, her reputation was destroyed in the place where she originally came from. And because the person's reputation is now not good, the person then was tricked by Satan to want to leave the place. So I don't know whether it means that you want to leave your family or the place where you came from, but because of one mistake that you did in your past, it created this bad effect that now you feel like you don't want to stay there anymore. You feel you would rather leave. The mistake that was committed is showed as adultery, which is kind of like a sexual immorality. But because this is a warning for people, it could refer for a man or a woman any kind of indiscretion, any kind of small mistake you think you have made. But unfortunately, when the person left in this way, under sin, without repentance, without clarity, the woman was in fact tricked to leave. And tricked to leave, to get on a truck, to get on in her leaving, find a place that Satan has pre-arranged for her, but she wasn't aware. She got on the back of a truck, like a lorry or a truck, that was full of endangered workers like her. And there were other people, men and women like her, on the truck. That's how I knew that this dream is not just for women, it applies to male victims who have been tricked by Satan as well. There was about 10 to 20 men and women, endangered workers, who took the ticket offered by Satan to go into that truck and to move to a new place in their life to go away from the shame and the disapproval, but they didn't know that in fact it was a ploy by Satan to lead them more astray in their destiny. So I saw that the satanic truck brought the men and women away from their destiny, away from their place of origin, into an even worse place, into a far away place, a bad place where they would be even more endangered, more captive by the satanic forces. It was a bit similar to the human trafficking situation that I read in the news. It was a satanic endangered camp for the humans kidnapped by the satanic forces. And when the woman finally arrived at this satanic camp, she wasn't quite sure. She didn't discern her situation clearly. She kind of felt at the back of her mind that something's not quite right. But because of the brainwashing and the manipulation and that she was complicit in the actions and the mistakes that Satan has tricked her into doing, she's not completely lucid and not completely clear of the trap that she was walking into. And in this forced labor camp, I saw that there was a desk with the supervisors, the master manipulative people and the demonic spirits operating through them. And they were like this long desk where they were letting the victims queue up to sign contracts. Like a satanic contract that the devil gets humans to sign with him, sign their lives away sign their fortune away, 
sign their reputation away, sign their future away. And I was like, do not sign. I was wanting to tell the woman, do not sign the contract with the devil. And I saw that there were a couple of men and women who knew what was happening, who finally realized that this was a trap, that they are in more trouble, greater trouble that they had been than before they left. And they wanted to get out. They refused to sign the contract. So they protested. And I saw that the demonic supervisors and the demons, they took this small group outside, four to five of them, outside the warehouse type of premises and once outside they shot them at point blank so the spiritual significance is clear if you found out about satan's schemes on your life and you refuse to sign the contract with him he will try to take you out at point blank he will try to terminate you immediately so that you do not escape from him. But the woman, she did not realize. She kind of knew that there was a side commotion, but she didn't know what it is because they were taken out and killed. And so she didn't see the group of people being killed. And because she was in this new place, having no other support and provisions for her, except where she is, so she consented to sign the contract. And it was like a legal document. It was Satan's legal document that if you try to break away from him, he would show this contract to God and say, there, she agreed or he agreed. He willingly participated in the sin or in the scheme. And therefore, he or she belongs to me, the Satanic kingdom. And for majority who signed the contract with Satan, because not many of them realize what's happening, they were given a stipend, like a small allowance, maybe like $50 a day, which only allowed them to go out into the world. They could leave the warehouse with a very small allowance. And because of that small, limited freedom, so-called freedom from Satan, they felt like, oh, it's good, I, I get $50 to go out. And they have to come back every night. They have to report back every night, every day, to the satanic camp, where they would have to serve the devil and work as prostitutes. So in this way, the satanic kingdom kept these endangered slaves on a tight leash. The demonic kingdom is very crafty. It knows it keeps the people that it holds under its trap on a short leash. And the slaves to sin, the slaves to immorality, to Satan think that, oh great, I have $50 to spend. But they are so short-sighted, they did not see that the whole setup was so disadvantageous to them. They did not see that their first foray, their first step into one mistake, one sin, caused them to degenerate because there was a pit drawn around them and a plan and a strategy by Satan to get them and to get them deeply entrenched in signing their lives away. 
So they think that that fifty dollar freedom a day means that they are free, but their freedom is so limited. Every night, they must report to their master Satan and do wicked things like prostitution for Satan. And when I first got this dream, then I understood this is the step by step of how Satan works to ensnare human beings, men and women. One mistake leads to another. The men and women were not aware that each step leads them further away from freedom, true freedom in Christ, and from their destiny and blessings in God. And you think that the criminal syndicates are terrible at the lives that they have ruined, but many of the workers of Satan, they are also trapped. Either by their own sin, by their own weakness, or they are flat out prisoners of the satanic masters themselves. That they go out and they perpetuate the wickedness of their master Satan, and they ensnare and they trap more victims like themselves. There ends my dream. Not a very pleasant dream. A warning dream. And I certainly would not have wanted to share it if not that I felt so strongly God wants me to tell it. There is somebody who needs to hear this, and I want to tell you whether you are that man that is trapped by Satan, or you are watching, you are seeing somebody close to you getting into this situation. I want to tell you that if God can know the situation that you face. It means that he is capable of saving you and your loved ones. If he knows the plight that you are in, he knows that you were tricked. He knows that perhaps you have partner with sin, but he is willing to forgive you if you repent. And perhaps you're stuck in a bad place, and as you get stuck, you get worse, and you don't know what to do. But I can assure you that God knows what to do. That God is more powerful. God is stronger than whatever situation that you're stuck in. And I want to tell you that even the contract that you made with Satan, whatever contract that you made in your depravity when you were not fully conscious of what you were doing. I want to tell you what happens to that contract. If Satan is to brandish it in front of God's face and say, "This person belongs to me," I want to tell you that God has paid for that contract. God paid for your contract in blood, in Jesus' blood. I want to tell you that you don't have to die, that you don't have to be taken out by Satan and shot at point blank, because somebody has died to redeem you from that contract, and the blood was spilled was Jesus' blood that He paid for you. And Satan's gonna come along and try to trick you and say, "No, you can't leave. No, you can't break the contract. No, you can't undo all these bad things that you have done." And the answer is, it has been paid for. It has been paid for. Jesus paid your debts for you. And I prophesy over you that you're going to walk out of that bad situation unharmed. 
You're going to be able to leave. God is going to come upon you. You're going to break the chains that hold you. He's going to create pathways for you. He's going to raise up people to help you. He's going to clear your mind. Take away the skills that are encumbering your vision, encumbering you to see Him clearly. Tear away your frozen heart that keeps you from loving Him totally. And I want to tell you that He has not forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. And in His mind, in God's mind, you are that beautiful child, that innocent child that was born. And He loved you. And He has a plan for you. And He's coming to save you. You are forever in His mind. That pure and pristine girl or boy that He loves with a father's and a mother's love. And God will be a father to you when no one has been. He will be your mother. He will be your friend. He will rescue you and be your redeemer. He will not let you sign away your life to Satan, to be tricked, to be trapped. And God says in everything there is a turnaround. There is a turnaround for you. And there is a breaking free. A breaking free and a coming back for you. I can just feel the love of God for you so strongly. That God would motivate a stranger, no relationship to you, to tell you the words that He wants you to hear. He's doing this for you. God has His eyes on you and He will never let you go. When you have no more strength to hold on, God will hold on to you. And after you hear this podcast, it's going to be one in a series of God reaching out to you through different ways, different means. And this is just one of them. And you know, you know in your heart that God is speaking to you. Brothers and sisters, for those of us who are free, let's pray for the other brothers and sisters that God love to bring them back safely into the kingdom of God. For it is not just individuals of us who need to be strong, but we are much, much stronger when the body of Christ is strong together. This is the end of the podcast message. I hope that I have delivered the words of God and the emotions of God to you. I hope that you have been blessed by the podcast message today. Stay safe and stay strong in the Lord. Goodbye.